Hey landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. It's your host team of The Landlord Diaries, Kelly Bailey here and Katie Lyon, our marketing director and your podcast team. We are so proud to be back with part two of Katie's episode. And Katie, what has investing in out-of-state midterm rentals been like for you in 30 seconds? Oh man, it's been a learning experience. How about that? It has been a learning experience and I feel like I have been eating and investing out of the market, out of my local market salad where I'm like on a bite <laughs> here and then a bite there and a bite there and I'm still trying to figure out, figure out what I like, but it's a good salad. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all like salad, except for some of us probably don't, but stay tuned because Katie's got some major tips for you guys on how things are fresh on our mind and what you should do to make your midterm rentals stand out. Enjoy. And don't forget, this episode is brought to you by Furnish Finder, the go-to place for everything midterm rentals, aka 30 plus day stays. We are here to talk with Katie about her midterm rentals and how they're going. So let's start off with Katie. What does your current portfolio look like? And that could include so, midterms and other forms of real estate. Everything. Okay. So our current portfolio, we have five rental properties um, as of just a couple weeks ago. So our first rental property is actually our old house. Um, we moved about two miles. Um, and when we were working on getting our current house, which was a new build, um, this was in 2021 and the market was really, really strong. And, um, part of the new build contract was that you had to have your house on the market within seven days of signing the contract for mm. the new build. Mm. Now the new build could take anywhere from nine to 12 months to build. So most people were either doing, they would sell their house and they would do a lease back, but that was hard to structure because you didn't know how long the house was going to take. There was still a lot of supply chain issues, construction, right? We're still in 2021 here. Or they were selling their house and moving into a furnished rental themselves, or they were moving their furniture to an apartment, right? Well, we have two young kids. We have pets. I had zero interest in moving extra times. 
um, or living in an apartment, especially. Why did they put that stipulation that you had to, you know, I think it's just because they wanted to make sure you had the money to buy the house and that you didn't get in a position where you say, Oh, I can't close on the new house because I can't sell my old house. Huh? Interesting. Um, so yeah, we found a loophole and the loophole was if you have, a lease signed mm. for your property mm. within eight weeks of closing on the new house, mm. you can stay in your old house. You don't have to put it on the market. Oh, looky there. So we're like, great. It's a good loophole. We'll just, right. We're like, we'll just stay in here and we'll just lease it out for a year. Right. Yeah. Um, so we did that. We actually still ended up with a gap, but we lived with my lovely in-laws for six weeks. <laughs> That's not bad. It wasn't bad. No, it was great. Um, but we, so we, we found out, uh, or we, we leased out our property. It was very easy to lease out that we found. Um, and after the one year came up, we were like, let's just do it again. That was pretty, that was pretty painless. Right. Um, and then, a lot of things kind of collided at the same time. So that happened, you know, we had our kind of fell into our first rental. I started working at furnished finder. Um, I have, right. I have some friends who were getting into real estate investing. My previous job, I worked in commercial real estate investing. So the idea of building wealth and investing in real estate is not a new idea to me. Um, so then we started looking at, okay, let's get our next property. Um, I have a couple family members that um, had some money that they needed to invest, but they didn't necessarily know what to do with it. So I'm like, hey, let's just all go in on a property. So we actually ended up buying a single family home in Cape Coral, Florida, um, which is kind of by Fort Myers. Um, And it's an interesting, it's a very seasonal market there. So our initial plan was to do a short-term rental but then we became, you know, we, we closed on the property, we're getting ready to furnish it. And we're like, okay, flights are really expensive. Furnishings are really expensive. And this was still in the time where if you ordered a couch, you didn't know if you were going to get it tomorrow or in three months. So that market's very unique in that an unfurnished annual rental and a short-term rental with the high seasonal fluxes the the rent is actually not as different. So we just went unfurnished. So that one um, is unfurnished as well. And then we said, okay, that's fun. Let's do it again. But this time let's not do Florida. Florida is great. I love it. Palm trees all day. It's so great. But the maintenance there is a little bit of a beast for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, I work full time at Furnish Finder, love my job. So I a priority when we're looking at investments is ease of management. Mm -hmm. Right. So I thought, okay, I live in Denver stuff's expensive here. Like really, really expensive. My family all lives in Iowa where stuff is not expensive. Mm -hmm. So let's go look there. So we decided to start with an arbitrage. Just to pause real fast. So yeah. we've talked about two of your five properties so far. Correct. correct. Okay. Yeah. So now we're moving on to Iowa. Now we're in Iowa. Um, Cause like, I know that weather, 
Right. I can, there's no like snakes or alligators or like, <laughs> but it's hurricanes. cold, isn't it cold? It's so cold. And then it's so humid, but there's no hurricanes. Hurricane Ian has scarred me. Um, we'll get, we're going to get to that later. Katie, we can get to that. Katie's Florida yeah. property went through hurricane Ian. So more to come right through it. Yeah. So we start, we start with an arbitrage because I'm like, we're entering a new market. Like, let's just test the waters. So I find a property management slash ownership company that's, that's able to work with us. We find a studio apartment um, that's right by two hospitals. We rent it out. This is our first furnished apartment, furnished experience. So we're like at square one and I'm like, all right, what do I order? So we figure out what to order. Furnish the studio. Okay, so where did you start? For those uh, that are in that same boat that you were in, where did you start looking to find how to furnish your property? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30 day plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to FurnishedFinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. I started uh, by looking at other furnished properties on Furnished Finder. Okay. I also went to Google. I went to Pinterest. I asked people I knew like Kelly Bailey. And then I just sat down and I brainstormed like, okay, what do I have to have? Now, this is a studio apartment. It's like 550 square feet. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to have all of the kitchen gadgets, right? Or the place would be overflowing. But I'm like, okay... What do I, what do I need if I'm a travel nurse? And I, you just kind of start making a list and then, uh, we can talk about this later, but Kelly Bailey told her, go to furnish finder ebook. Uh, yes, that was also a huge resource. And, um, Pinterest, Pinterest is hard. And Pinterest. Meet. Yeah. And I got some, uh, we learned a lot from that one because we got in there and we're like, ah, we need this or ah, we need that. So there was a lot of target runs. <laughs> A lot of target runs. <laughs> um, so then that one did really well. And we said, okay, now let's buy something. Um, my mom lives pretty close to Iowa City that has the University of Iowa, which is a very large university and a very large hospital. It's the, if you need like a research hospital, kind of like a big hospital, that's where you go in the area. Mm-hmm. She also lives where they're building a smaller hospital. Um, so we said, okay, let's, let's get something around there. But let's get a condo because, again, I work full time. Everyone in my family, even my mom, still works full time. So we ain't got time to handle all this stuff. So I'm like, I don't want to deal with a roof. I don't want to deal with a driveway. I don't want to deal with shoveling. I don't want to deal with mowing a lawn. Give me something easy. So we found a um, real estate agent who was very familiar with working with investors. And we found a good two bed, two bath condo and we bought it and we furnished it and we've had travel nurses living in it. Um, so that's number four. Number Are there five, two in Iowa? 
There's three in Iowa. Three in Iowa. Okay. So the, okay. So that was the second one. So number five is the third one in Iowa. And this time, because we're still like tasting, like, like tasting the parts of the salad, right? We're still trying to figure out what. I forgot. We're like, I forgot we're eating. We're on salad. the salad. We're on the salad <laughs> analogy. We're still trying to figure out like what works best for us and what do we like and where's our balance. So this time I'm like, you know what? Let's try something where none of us live, but we can get to if we have to. Florida's hard because if we need to get there, we're flying there, right? And it's an expensive trip. So we decided on Des Moines. Uh, so Des Moines, Iowa, there's a lot of hospitals there. They're kind of all in a little group. Um, so I liked, it's about two hours from my family. So it's like, it's a good test for kind of a, a long distance, but still self-managing. We also have like, my sister has some friends there and I have friends, like we have kind of like people who know people there. So if like, there's an emergency, I can still get a hold of someone. Um, so we're arbitraging an apartment there and actually just finished furnishing it about 10 days ago or so. And so you yeah, guys won't know it 10 days ago or so because these aren't live. That's right. So but 10 days ago. Yeah. So yeah, now we're at now we're at five. That's awesome. Well, it's been fun seeing you go through that journey. And what I'm hearing you say over and over again through your lessons is use your resources and build good systems. So for Mm -hmm. you, it sounds like resources are, you know, who do I have? Who do I know in that area? Uh, Family and friends have been the two that you have pulled from. uh, And then you've built good systems. You've found, you know, an investor friendly a realtor, you found good property management companies, you found those, you know, runners to be able to go in and do the little things without having to pay extra to the property uh, management company. So um, what do you want to tell us about, you know, that piece of the, of the yeah. salad? I was going to say pie, but we're, we're doing salad. We're today. on the salad. The pie would have been a better analogy. But we're well, you know what? <laughs> the, the salad is actually a really great conversation piece because what you don't know about me is I make excellent salads. And if I'm invited mm-hmm. to a party, that's what most people ask me to bring because they really like Love my it. salads. So I'm going to add a few of my favorites in the show notes for you guys. Love it. Well, my salads usually come in the form of a bag. Those are good too. (laughs) All right. So systems and teams. Yeah. It's, I feel like there's for a lot, I don't want to say for a lot of investors, but for investors who maybe don't have quite as much on their plate as I do, you know, you can kind of get to the breaking point before you have to build out your systems. I had to do it from the beginning because I don't have extra time to give to it. Right. And from the very beginning, I'm like, okay, we want to invest in real estate for so many reasons, right? Like I believe in the power of building realist of building assets through real estate. Um, I want to create some things where once my kids want to go to college, we have assets to pull from, you know, all, all of those reasons we all know, But what I don't want to create is another job for myself. So we had to choose properties that are easy to manage, right? So our old house, it's only six years old. 
I know that house, we lived there for five years, right? Like I know when they say the circuit breaker popped, I'm like, well, you shouldn't have had the space heater on, right? Like you're fine. We do have a professional property manager in Florida who's amazing. And I hardly ever have to think about that until she calls me like once a month. And is it still profitable? Yeah, it's borderline because of Ian. Okay. Um, so the midterm rentals we have, like I said, they're all condos or apartments because for me, that's much easier to manage. I don't have to worry about landscaping. I don't have to worry about shoveling. Um, they're all smaller. They're pretty simple. I'm not afraid to ask my tenants, Hey, I got an alert on my phone that the, the battery in the lock is low. Will you change it? And I'll just take 10 bucks off your rent. Mm-hmm. That's worth that's it for good me. Right. So I have made from the very beginning, um, for instance, this last studio that we just did in Des Moines, it took me about an hour and a half to order all of the furnishings because that's not bad. We No, because this, I have a spreadsheet and everything has the link and the quantity and where it's from. And like, we're getting it down to a science because we have to, but it makes it feel a lot more efficient. Now, that being said, we're always working to improve, right? Like mm-hmm. one pain point was bookkeeping and now we're outsourcing that. So Okay, so are... let's stay focused on the furnishing list because that mm. excites a lot of people. Now we all yes. know, well, I don't know if everyone knows, but Sarah Weaver has a list out there that you can purchase for $99. That's a furnishing list you can work off work off of. I've purchased it and there's a lot of good stuff on there. So is there any chance you're going to be providing us a furniture list to work off of, Katie? Is that something you've thought about? You know, I've thought about it. Mine is not quite public ready. It has like some notes in there that would only make sense to me and my mom <laughs> because I order it and I ship it to her house. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think it's a bad idea. Mine are very budget friendly. So they are, we did this last studio apartment for less than $3,000. Nice work. So ours are, ours are very, but like, I try not to skimp on stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's more of like a quality over quantity, but also like having the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe at some point I'll publish it. Yeah. And if, and if you're willing to put in the time and effort and happen to live in Texas and have a truck that, and a husband that's got time to go pick all your stuff up, Mm. then, then it does, you know, you can make it very affordable to furnish your, your home. Um, right. out of state furnishing is going to, uh, and, and those, those, uh, items that you can just constantly use over and over again. That's the better way to go about it. What Katie's saying, because it's peace of mind and mm-hmm. you have some, a system now that you can repeat over and over again, or let's right. say that the couch, you know, ends up getting a, uh, stain on it that can't be removed or, you know, the rug, it just isn't, um, you know, it's, it's been in there a couple of years and you need to replace it. Well, rather than having to go figure out what rug you want next and take the time mm-hmm. to go put it in, all you could do is say ding delivery and the your guest will happily uh, be able to help you put that rug in or uh time it with one of your flips right right so i think those are very good systems 
A couple tips that we've discovered along the way too. We have in the spreadsheet, we have like a notes column, right? So a lot of times it'll be my mom who's actually unpacking everything at her house. Um, Cause we try to unpackage everything before the day of furnishing, because otherwise you're going to spend your whole day opening cardboard. So literally just unpacking everything and she'll, you know, check it off the list and she'll go, Oh, these are really nice quality or, Mm, this silverware feels really cheap. Maybe don't order it again. Mm-hmm. And then I see it on my end and I'm like, oh, okay, no take, like got it. Right. Cause online, a lot of the same stuff looks the same, but then I can look back and I can say, oh, those sheets were really good. Boom. Order two more sets. Yep. So easy. The other thing I do is I do work with a designer and that sounds so bougie. It's not. Um, a lot of designers provide virtual services where you can send them pictures of the property and it's very affordable because it's not a four week, it's not a four week project for them, right? It's not, they're going in and doing an entire house where they have to go and they have to get the, you know, a lot of interior designers, if they're doing a whole house, like they'll be there in the house, putting stuff on the wall or arranging it all. And no, for them, this is a very, easy and quick project because they can see, okay, here's what this is. Here's the size of couch that you would want. Mm -hmm. Here's a, you know, here's a dining table that might work really well. Here's a bed frame that would work well. Um, the condo that we bought actually, it's super cute, but it's very two thousands, right? Like there's like Oak cabinets, one of the bedrooms, like someone put like a wall of like an accent wall of wood, but it's very red. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Like in mahogany. Two seconds, right. In two seconds, she was like, oh, get this bed frame and this piece of art mm-hmm. and you're good. And oh, let's add a blue velvet couch. Granted, it's still from Amazon and it's still very affordable. And durable. But she, and durable. But she knew from her experience, this is a good brand from Amazon or Wayfair. Mm-hmm. This is not a good brand from Amazon or Wayfair. So she saved me a lot of heartache there. And all of a sudden I put those things in and it doesn't look like a dated condo anymore. So I got to use her experience and her kind of like trade secrets and just run with it. So is this something you're going to hide in your cupboard because you want to to keep it uh, for future use? Or is she someone or he that you are willing to share with the world? Oh my gosh, no, I'll totally share her. She's amazing. <laughs> well, then guys, check the she's show amazing. notes. This is a hot tip, hot tip. Uh, it is. We'll and it's so link. like, I will literally, I'll text her like when I'm furnishing and I'm, I'll be like, what's wrong here? Something looks weird. And she's like, yep, move that chair over there, add a rug and you're good. I'm like, okay, great. That's, uh, I think you need to work on, uh, if you don't have one already, which I don't think you do, uh, getting yourself a referral link so that you get a right? little kickback when you, when you For refer real. people to her. Okay. So let's keep rolling here. And I'd like to ask, because you have properties in Denver, where you live, you have properties mm-hmm. in Florida and you have properties mm-hmm. in Iowa. Why did you choose out of state investing versus keeping it in your wheelhouse at home? Mm. So on the Florida property we were looking for the biggest potential increase. And that's just a really growing market. 
I also have one of my very best friends who has an investment property literally two blocks away down there. So she had already found an amazing realtor who also does property management, who is a very investor savvy. She had already had some, you know, had some proof of concept down there. And I was like, okay, this is great. Um, I would love to invest in Denver. We actually live kind of out, not kind of, we live very far out in the suburbs. There, there are a few medical centers like up, up in Aurora, there's a group of hospitals that are located very close to each other. Um, but it's a little bit of a part of town where you can have a really safe area and then a not so safe area and they're very close to each other. And I don't know the neighborhood well enough to know which is which. The other hurdle that I haven't been able to get past here for me, and I don't say this for everyone because I know a lot of successful investors around here. We're going to talk to Zosha and she invests in Aurora around here. And I know her personally is just the price, right? We Denver is a very expensive market. We had really high increase of prices um, during, you know, the whatever it was a few years ago, that little boom. Um, so for me to get a condo that's equivalent to what I got in Iowa out here, I'm going to pay three times as much. Okay. That's a good point. Uh, what's, what does your cash flow or your profitability look like? Yeah. So the, the Iowa properties are cash flowing pretty well. Um, we're having our first tenant move into the Des Moines property in a couple weeks. Um, so the arbitrage ones, my goal is always, which we have two of, right? My goal is always to double the rent that I pay. Okay. Uh, now, remember, I'm still paying utilities there. Um, but my goal is always, you know, if I pay a thousand, I want to charge two thousand. Mm -hmm. Now, again, that's a goal. Depending on the seasonality and the demand, I can flex it one way or the other. Um, the condo, we cash flow. I'm going to say about a thousand dollars a month. Okay. Which has been great. Mm -hmm. Um, the single family residents out here in Colorado, it's a little bit of an anomaly because we have a 3.25% interest rate on that sucker. And it has also appreciated a lot since we bought it seven years ago. Um, so we cash flow on that one too. Um, so the Florida properties hit or miss because of Ian. Ian was hard. We did not have a lot of time to get ourselves afloat before that hit. Mm -hmm. um, and of course we have insurance, but you have deductibles. Uh, we also have a pool cage down there because all the pools have cages. And um, what's a pool cage? It's like, it's like a, like an enclosure, you know, like the screen. Oh, that oh. Goes the number. oh yeah. okay. Like a, almost like a atrium or something like a, yeah, porch yeah. or something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it goes over the whole pool. Yes, yes, yes. That's nice. And a yeah, and a lot of times insurance doesn't cover those, and those all got damaged. Mm. So, but the hit we're taking on that could be a lot worse, right? Um, so that one's do doing good. Are you getting? Um, did your insurance cover the loss of income? Our renter never had to move out. Oh, nice. That's she great. went about eight days without electricity. Mm -hmm. So she went. As I'm sure everybody did. 
Exactly. So she went to a neighboring city for a while, uh-huh. but we actually never lost the tenant, which oh, was great. great. Our property got dan- like we have to have a whole new roof um, and the pool cage and some landscaping. We lost a lot of landscaping, but our property fared well compared to a lot of other ones. So what did insurance cover and what did it not cover? Insurance did not cover the pool cage, but we knew that going in, but insurance in Florida, it was the only affordable option was to get a policy that didn't cover the pool cage. They don't cover landscaping. They do cover the roof. Um, They cover any other damages to the actual house, but obviously you have a deductible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So You know how I said in some previous episodes that my goal for our next step is a short-term midterm rental in uh, mm-hmm. on the coast in Texas. Uh, yeah. Galveston would be my preferable location, but there's, uh, you know, there's quite a few solid beach towns uh, on the Gulf of right. Mexico. But one thing when you start diving into it, we, I, I was looking at a really nice one that came fully furnished and had an upstairs and a downstairs that could be de- divided off and split into. Oh, two. that's cool. Yeah. It could have been split into two rentals potentially. But one of the insurance things that was interesting was it wouldn't insure the bottom portion because it it, it was because of hurricanes, because it was a, a potential for flooding. So you would have to take on the property knowing that risk that it could potentially flood at some point with a large hurricane and you just have to, you know, eat the cost and muck it out and redo it. Insurance is expensive uh-huh. in those Yep. Very, very expensive. Yep. So calculate that into your numbers. Okay. Yeah. So but yeah, we're generally cash flowing on, um, on all of them. I'd say, you know, Florida's minimal right now, but we're banking on that panning out over time because that's the thing in real estate is just, you just got to give it time. If you get a big hit, give it time to recover. Um, so yeah, and then I'm looking to hopefully, you know, we can get some more that continue to cash flow. Yep. And your and yours are, you know, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, studios. Mine are mainly three bedrooms. Uh, I do have one mm-hmm. condo that we partner with in Austin and then one two bedroom, two bath home and similar cl- cash flow. Like Jesse, Jesse is the one who I first heard that from is the goal should be to double your uh, double long-term rents. But I really, right. and uh, Je- that's Jesse Vasquez. If you're not familiar with Jesse, then get on YouTube, search v- Jesse Vasquez. He's an excellent midterm rental coach. And uh, he has started a midterm rental summit as well for, mm-hmm. for those that want to meet in person and talk about all things midterm rental. But I, I loved that goal uh, and that what you said that it's seasonal. So you may have to adjust here or there, but that should be the goal. And maybe right. it's, you need to change your design or hire a designer, like you're saying, or, right. you know, because there's, if you're not making that, it could be you. It might not be necessarily the prices. It, it might yeah. be the way you're choosing to market the property. The other thing I will say is that we're still figuring out what part of the salad we like. Right. So I don't plan to continue. I don't, I don't want to end up with properties in 10 different markets. What I want to do is pick one or two markets and go really deep in them. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, for us, the best way for us to try out different markets, try out different strategies, try out different 
property types is to start small, right? So like once we find out like, okay, here's our niche, here's where we want to dig in, then we'll probably get a bunch of different properties of maybe different sizes and might be bigger, but like we're testing out Des Moines. I don't want to go and buy a really big property there yet. I want to try to keep the risk and the liability as small as possible. So we're renting a studio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of our, our approach to it too, because we're just, it's a weird market right now, right? Like if we all started five years ago, it might be a different case, but it's, it's a weird market and you kind of got to see, see what you like and see what works. Yep. And then ours that cash flow the best are typically the ones that are more of a multifamily or creative style home. So our our temple home has a cottage in the back that we can rent out separately. Or when mm-hmm. we had our duplex, that was our highest producing uh, property because, you know, at that point we did long-term on one side and midterm on the other. But you can really scale when it comes to multifamily. So I could see you doing that right. next, Katie, getting into a That's four my, or an eight plus. I would love that. I would love that. I actually... Um, Maybe you need a partner. I probably. <laughs> my brother... This is, this is my kind of going... I might be stealing one of your questions, Kelly, but like this is kind of why my family and I work really well as a team. We all have very, very strong personalities and we're not the Brady Bunch type family. We will argue, and this is my side of the family, not my husband. So this Mm is my mom, my brother, my sister. We will have heated arguments and we'll be very brash with each other. Like we're very much not, I don't know, Joe friendly on the streets to each other all Mm -hmm. the time. And and when we were first getting into it, it made, it made my husband and I like, are we sure we want to do this with family? But I'm like, no. We all have our roles. Mm-hmm. Like I am the, they call me the brains of the operation. I don't know how I feel about that title, but I'll, I'll take it. Right. So like, it's a good title. Yeah, right. I'm like, okay, you think I have brains. Great. <laughs> like I lead up kind of what's our strategy, right? Where are we going to go? Who are we going to market to? And like the designs, my mom is like inventory manager. Like I said, everything gets shipped to her house. She's opening the boxes. She's putting them in bins. We have like really big bins from Costco and she'll unpack everything from the bathroom that goes in the bathroom and she'll pre-wash the towels and she'll put everything in the tote. So when we go to furnish, here's the bathroom tote, go Mm -hmm. make it a bathroom. My sister is the like positive attitude goer. So like when anyone gets cranky on burnishing day or anything, like she's the one that peps us all up. It's right? like, you need a Am Starbucks? I- <laughs> right, right. And she's the caffeine manager. <laughs> and my brother is the handy one. So my brother has worked, um, he's actually working as a part of the team that's like planning out this hospital that's being built near our condo. So like he works kind of on the design side of, of a lot of the of like corporate plumbing stuff. So he knows like if something's broken, he mm-hmm. can fix it. Mm-hmm. He can look at something and say, that's how much that's going to mm-hmm. cost, or that's how much that's going to cost. Or he can say, Oh, you need this fixed let me call my guy. Like he's got a guy. Oh, that's good. That's good. Right. (laughs) So like we all know our roles and that's been a huge thing. That's not only made it feasible for us, Mm -hmm. but has made it like, you know, everyone stays in their lane. Does your husband Nate have a role? 
his role is minimal. (laughs) (laughs) And that's only because he's working. He has a very, very high stress job that has a lot of hours and they have a big year. So he is the cheerleader. He's the supporter. And he's the complimenteer. He always gives us good compliments. It's a good role. <laughs> so it's like, there's a lot of benefit to, to having those right. W-2 jobs with your real estate investing. Yeah. You just got to be smart about it, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. you have to... Don't get fired because you're spending too much time on the real estate side versus well, your like, job. Exactly. That's like... got to balance I, it. I mean, I, I used to work very, very closely with property managers of commercial retail properties. Mm-hmm. And I saw how much they had to manage. And I'm like, this is not Mm -hmm. on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. So that's why we don't have any lawns to manage. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We don't have any snow. Like we've set it up. So like, you know, all our utilities, everything's on auto pay. Everything's as hands off as Mm -hmm. can be. That's the one part. If I went back, would I redo it? Probably not because single family homes typically appreciate pretty well compared to condos, but they do. You do have to think about the overall aspect of the home a lot more because you're cleaner and you're cleaner. Plus that is restocking the inventory. You know, are you also going to say, Hey, can you also clean the outside of the windows and sweep the patio and spot check? And just knowing your limit, right? Like I know that that's not in my capacity right now, but I still want to invest in real estate. So it's like, we talk about this all the time. There's a way to make it work. You mm-hmm. just have to know how to find it. And Katie is emphasizing how to build the right systems and people on your team so that it can be as passive as possible. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that, Katie. Uh, I think we already talked a, a good amount about Hurricane Ian. So I want to I want to move on to another one of those questions. I think you have a unique perspective to address that we, you know, have questions about on on the Furnish Finder Facebook group. And that is how to handle nurse contracts and especially ones that get canceled that you're in the middle of working with. Yeah. So this is interesting. Our, our very first furnished property, the arbitrage that we did, the studio, the first studio arbitrage, we furnished it got a tenant off furnished finder super fast. We did the tenant screening. We got the deposit. We signed the lease just a couple of days before she was set to move in. She goes, Hey, my contract's been canceled. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But like, you're on the lease. Yeah. And they, and they know, right. And they, they know, can get and canceled. she, right. Right. And I told her, I said, look, I'm not out to get you. I'm not trying to like, like I, I'm a human. I'm not, I I don't know. I'm not like Scrooge. I'm not trying to just screw you out of your money. So here's what we'll do. I'm going to relist the property as available and I will market it as actively as possible. You know, respond to housing requests, message anyone back that I can. Like I'm going to be very adamant to try to backfill this but I need you to pay the rent in the meantime. And she said, I understand. I got it. You know, thank you. She ended up paying one day of rent. Now, is that always going to happen? No, but I ended up getting someone who needed a place really quickly. Um, and I actually was on vacation in Florida 
uh, in the Florida Keys with my husband's family and did this all from there. And she got, um, I got another person and then I was able to refund her 29 days worth of the rent she paid. Mm -hmm. And she was super thankful, but she was also understanding, right? Like from the beginning, she knew that like, that's how it goes sometimes. Right. right? But like, she's in business. I'm like, we're all in business. Um, but I was just trying to be fair to everyone and it worked out really well. And she was very appreciative and I felt like I was doing the right thing. Right? Yeah. So this is a really great point because as a landlord, you have to set yourself up for success and be able to take care of your tenant mm -hmm. in the best way possible. And a big part of doing that is you being the one in control and being able to set the right standards and show that hospitality uh, as a landlord. And part of that is when to collect the deposit and the move-in fees and the first month's rent. So how do you go about mm -hmm. doing that, Katie? I say that I, I require the deposit and the move-in fee, which for me is the cleaning fee, mm -hmm. at the lease signing. And I tell people, I'm like, two things get me to take it and move the availability date back. So it's secure it as yours, is a signed lease and the deposit and your, if there's a pet deposit mm -hmm. or um, your cleaning fee are paid, right? Uh, the first month's rent, I don't need until they move in. Now, that's just what I've been comfortable with. Now, that being said, if I had more expensive properties, I'd probably do that a little bit differently. I think you have to structure it towards what your property is, you know, what's appropriate for your property. Um, but I've had good luck at that so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had, I've just had like the best, most responsible tenants. Like they communicate well, they're on top of things. They're understanding when things happen. Like I had, mm -hmm. that's pretty common for midterm rentals. Yeah. It's like, we all have Our, these great stories of there's, there's not that many professional travelers out there that, you know, are going to give you a run for your yeah. money. Our, our first tenant at the first studio, the um, refrigerator broke. Mm -hmm. And this is a property that we're arbitraging. So I'm like, okay, you like, I've communicated it. And I don't ever like advertise the fact that we're arbitraging it because it's irrelevant information. But I just say like, okay, like we're working on getting it fixed. But it took some time. And um, in the meantime, I ordered her a cooler for a pickup at Target. And she went to Target and did curbside pickup and got the cooler that I paid for. And she was more than like, just doing little things like that has always helped the relationships too. Nice. I like that. So you, you mentioned, uh, we've talked about the, when to collect the move-in fees, when to collect the deposit, when to collect the first month's rent, according to your style. Mm -hmm. So with that, when do you provide the access code to get into the home, you know, to, to continue that like responsible right. amount of control and hospitality? I will either do it on the morning of move in. Once they've um, paid you or before they've paid you? Uh, usually kind of simultaneously, like, okay. hey tomorrow's move-in day. Like, here's how you can submit your rent. If we haven't talked about it previously, here are move-in instructions. Um, a couple of the properties we have lock boxes, a couple of the properties are digital locks. 
Uh, what I really like about the digital locks is I can set the code ahead of time and I can say it's not valid until this day at 10 a.m. Okay. Um, if I have a gap day, it's, if it's not a same day turnover, even though the lease says that they're allowed in at 4 p.m., I'll just say, hey, it's all cleaned and ready. Go in when it's convenient for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think it makes a, a good first impression. Um, but yeah, otherwise, technically on paper, the move in is is 4 p.m. Just to give us time to do a save, same day turnover if we need to. Okay. Like it. So yeah. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have built a digital handbook uh, with your guideline to the home uh, for each of your guests. What does that look like? Where, where, how did you build that? And what advice do you have for others? So there is a functionality that you can do it on Furnish Finder, and I do have it on there on all of my properties so that all of the same guidelines are in my Furnish Finder house rules. Oh, okay. Um, I've also just created a quick template in Canva, just mm, C-A-N-V-A.com. Mm. Um, they have templates for millions and millions of things, and it makes it super easy. One thing I do in there is I introduce myself, like, as a human, like, hi, I'm Katie. Yes, I live in Colorado. You're going to notice my zip or my uh, area code is from Colorado. I'm from Iowa, right? Like that's where I grew up. You know, Uh, we take a lot of pride in this house. We furnished it ourselves. If you ever need any extra furnishings or something that you really enjoy that we missed, please let me know. Here's the best way to contact me. Contact me. And part of the reason I do that is because I want to be a human to them, not a landlord. Um, I want them to say, I don't want them to ever say, Hey, I have to text my landlord. I want them to say, Hey, I have to text Katie. Mm-hmm. Right. That just changes the dynamic and makes it so they're much less likely to complain about things. They're much more willing to have grace and, you know, some, some patience. Um, but it also has any question that might be asked. Okay. What's the Wi-Fi? How does the lock work? Trash the- day. What's trash day? What do I do with recycling? What's the garage code? Um, All those things. I also put extra like rules in there that are like important rules that they're in the lease, but I want them like front and center. So I'll say like, there's no candles. There's no smoking. There's no vaping. If you have a pet, like if you have a dog, if you leave, I require that that pet be crated. Right. Um, So kind of like odd rules. One of our arbitrage properties is very strict about not having power strips. Interesting. I I think they're a fire hazard. They are, but like, I don't know. They're like much more specific about that than can't. But I'm like, they must have had a situation. Something, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, that's their rule. So that's now my rule. So you cannot have power strips. Like dog breeds. Right. Um, So I'll just like, I spell out anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's just general information about the property and I will give it to them digitally because then I can change it anytime I want and I'm not reprinting it and trying to deliver it. Do you um, email it to them? Yeah. I will email, uh, usually I'll text it. Okay, so it does uh, transfer well in text. That's great. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull the co-host card and say, I really like the idea of your Canva a guidebook and I'm going to request a copy of it so I can see what I can totally send you a copy of it. (laughs) Yay. Uh, And then for those of you that aren't aware, 
of Canva, it's a really great tool for, you know, creating marketing and design type uh, mm-hmm. flyers or social media posts, and it's free. Uh, there are options to be able to upgrade if you want certain quality style images, but a lot of their free stuff is really great. Right. Yeah. You can get a long way with using the free version. Yeah. So if you haven't tried Canva, try it out. Uh, but I just, that's like another part of our management, right? If I can avoid getting a question, I want to avoid mm-hmm. getting it. Not that I don't like my tenants. They're great. But like, I would rather you get to go do you and I get to go do me. So like any question that comes up and if I have a, a tenant who asks me a question, I'll think, okay, do I need to add this to the handbook? Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. So it's a, li- it's like a living and breathing document. So we're going to end with not necessarily the most fun topic, but it's a, an extremely beneficial topic and a mm. great one to end on is taxes and no one, uh, everyone that heard the word taxes, <laughs> go ahead and pause, take a big sigh. Go ahead and vomit. <sighs> Get your barf bucket. I, I hate, I hate vomiting, so I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to take a big sigh <sighs> and let's jump in because tax talk is important. So how have you found that you stay organized with all of your furnishing receipts Mm -hmm. and your rent Mm -hmm. payments coming in for various properties in different states? What is your secret uh, recipe and salad ingredients? (laughs) My salad dressing. Yes. This is actually a really good question because it's been a little bit of a pain point as we've grown. It always is, isn't it? (laughs) And I hate bookkeeping and fine. I hate it. I I hate, like I literally hate anything (laughs) financial, like bookkeeping and accounting. I I just hate it. So we are now at the point where I um, have one bank account for each property. I use an online bank called Relay, R-E-L-A-Y. And you can have a a very high number of checking accounts if you need to, and you can transfer between them all very easily. I had trouble at some other banks where they were like, you're only allowed to have X number of checking accounts or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I want a checking account and a debit card for every property. I also think that it, if you were to ever get where someone is accusing you of something, you know, you can keep it in its own LLC with its own checking account and it looks more like a single entity or is more of a single entity. Um, so I started by keeping track of everything in a spreadsheet. I will say that Furnished Finder also has, you can track your expenses within your dashboard. I'm just more of a spreadsheet girl. Um, But that actually quickly got to the point where, again, I was spending time doing that where I was like, nope, I'm not here to be an accountant. This is not my area of expertise. So I went to the people who do our taxes um, and asked about bookkeeping services. And um, they are now going to be start taking over our bookkeeping. So every month I will just send them the bank, bank statement with notes of what is for what. Um... And speaking of taxes, it's going to make it easier come tax time because what she's going to do is put it all in a format that the tax people at the firm like so they can be more efficient Mm -hmm. when they're doing our taxes, which will save us time 
uh, I'm sorry, which will save us money because it'll take them less time to do our taxes. So I'm doing that. I also found um, a couple of spreadsheets on Etsy. Okay. Which are very affordable. It was like $5. And spreadsheets are one of my love languages. <laughs> and this spreadsheet has like where I can input the properties and the tenants and the expenses, and it'll create like a little report for me, hmm. which I really like. And then I can give that to the bookkeeper nice. as well. But I would encourage anyone who doesn't need spreadsheets to make them happy or has, you know, one or two properties to look at the back end of the dashboard to see if that could kind of fulfill your need. Um, but I try to keep it simple, mm -hmm. but I, hate bookkeeping. I hate taxes. Everybody does. Don't we? Except for some people like weirdly enjoy it. So it's like those accountants out there, we are so proud of you guys and happy that you work that way and that your brain wants to do that right. work. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. So <laughs> for sure. So I'm trying to take anything like that. That's not like my, um, oh gosh, I wish I could think of the book. There's this book that talks about your zone of genius. Uh -huh. And if, if you're not if you're not working in your zone of genius, you need to give it to someone else, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yes, you're going to pay for it, but you're actually going to be more efficient with your own time and you will earn more when you're spending all of your time in your zone of genius. We are going to have so many good show notes for this episode. They're going to be too long for audio platforms. So if you want the full list, make sure you go to the notes on YouTube. Comment mm -hmm. if there's something missing that you want to see from Katie. And, and so, I'll figure out the name of the book. Exactly. The name of the book. I think you can... <laughs> I think whatever that Etsy form that you found, we can, we can put that one on there. So many great tools, So good. but so, so good. what, uh, you know, for those that, that idea of you taking ownership of your business, rather than your business running you, what advice do you have for those out there that, uh, you know, get stuck, uh, taking Venmo from their vendors or cash mm -hmm. app or, or Zelle or, you know, what I really liked is because you're building this online platform of furnishings, you can easily just, okay, which credit card goes with this item? And then you can just put those items in your cart, match it to that credit card that, you know, mm -hmm. transfers to that specific bank account you're talking about for that property. And that's a nice, pretty easy flow system. I can picture someone mm -hmm. in Walmart trying to, uh, or, you know, whatever, whatever decor store, TJ Maxx, wherever, wherever you like shopping, organizing like three different transactions. That's me. This here's one card. Here's one card. That's me. But, I have like so many okay, debit so cards. You do that. You do that whenever, um, how often do you have to actually buy products from the store versus not online? very often. It's usually during setup. Okay. Right. But again, like my whole goal, and I've been telling my family and my husband, this is I want us to do things the way that if we, if we had 10 or 20 or 30 properties, we would do it the same way. Mm -hmm. Because again, this all goes back to the fact where I don't want this business to run me. I don't have the capacity. Right. Right. So Venmo, Cash App, all those things. If I, if I had 30 properties and I had Venmo coming in, I would lose my mind. Therefore, it is not an option right mm -hmm. now, right? If I had, you know, another example is when we go to a property, we have what we call the go kit, 
Okay. It's a Costco sized tote. Mm -hmm. It has a couple of foldable stools. So if you're assembling furniture, you're not sitting on the ground. It has screwdriver, hammers, command strips, rug tape. Mm -hmm. Um, It has caffeinated beverages. It has scissors. It has duct tape. It has all of these random tools that you might need. It has nails, all those stuff. That goes, that's gone to every property with us. Because I'm like, okay, this needs to be. Yep, I have one of those bins. Yeah, it's go. We call it the go kit. I might have a couple of those bins. I like your rug tape. Have you? Has the rug tape worked? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna have to switch mine then because I do the rug liners, but rug Mm -hmm. liners are more bulky, so they're gonna take up more space in your house or your inventory stock. Rug tape, I'm gonna have to give that a shot. Rug tape. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's been anything like that where I'm like, nope, like we're going to run this like a full blown machine, even if we only have five properties, mm-hmm. because it's just what we got to do. Well, so systemize anything. If you're going to do it twice, mm-hmm. it's worth making a system. I also try to start nothing at square one. Mm-hmm. So someone else I'm has doing- gone before you. If someone else has done it before, I do not want to start at step one. Mm-hmm. I want to find the furnishing list. I want to look at the ebook. I want to, you know, use chat GBT, whatever it is. If mm-hmm. someone's done it before, I want to start where they left off, mm-hmm. not try to redo what they've done. Mm-hmm. Good point. Well, I think there's a lot of beneficial information in this episode. And I also think that your minds are churning with additional questions. So Katie and I hope that you blow us up on this episode with comments. Do it, man. We want to hear what you guys are thinking and put it in comment form on YouTube. So thanks for being here with us. Another great episode of The Landlord Diaries. And we'll catch you again next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.